Texas, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. A very happy second hour, a very happy middle of the week for you all. I'm Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM in the Fan. Streaming on 1069thefan.com. Don't forget, you can also pick up our podcast. You can go to Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify to find our latest episodes, bonus content material, which includes press conferences, post games, and uh, other content material for your desire. Speaking of which, Utah State will have their press conference to uh, tomorrow to announce new coaching changes which include uh, their new offensive coordinator. They have uh, announced here Bodie Reeder out of uh, out of North Texas and formerly Eastern Washington is the new offensive coordinator for the Utah State Aggies. Meanwhile, Stacy Collins and Frank Male will serve as de- co-defensive coordinators, which moves Justin Anna to coaching the inside linebackers. Now, Collins will coach course coach the secondary, and Frank Male will uh, coach the defensive line. While Mike Caputo will move to the offensive side of the ball and coach the tight ends. Uh, other coaches that will remain in their roles will include Boje, who will uh, coach the outside linebackers, Mark Orphy, who will coach the secondary. Again, those are roles that they served in the 2019 football season for Utah State. They look forward to hopefully making some changes as well uh, after a very kind of a shocking end to the season. Uh, they lost to Air Force. They got they got blown out by Air Force and turn got blown out by BYU. They got demolished by Boise State. And then against Kent State in the Frisco Bowl, uh, they give up 51 points to Kent State. Just a shocker for the, just a shocker for the Utah State Aggies to end their season the way they did. Now, meanwhile, uh, I, I was looking Doug Hoffman, who does an incredible job as the media relations director for football. Uh, sent out some final notes, uh, and uh, I want to read some of the notes and go over some things as we put a cap on the uh, 2019 football season of the Utah State Aggies. Uh, I'm going to read through a few of these. Again, this is credit to Doug Hoffman. Uh, Utah State posted a 7-6 and overall record in 2019, including a 6-2 and mark in Mountain West uh, play to finish, the th- to finish third in the Mountain Division. It was just the 26th time in school history that USU has won at least seven games, while its six league wins are tied for the sixth most in school history. USU also played in the four, its 14th bowl game in school history in 2019, including its eighth in the past nine seasons. Uh, Utah State played in a bowl game, as we just mentioned, for the eighth time in the last nine seasons, uh, 14th time in school history. It lost to Kent State 51-41 in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. USU is 5-9 all-time in bowl games, which includes a 3-3 record against teams from the MAC Conference. Overall, it was USU's third straight bowl game which is the uh, second longest streak in school history behind the five straight bowl games from 2011 to 2015. Uh, Utah State also was 3-1 on the season in one-score games. and uh, In fact, they posted back-to-back wins against Fresno State and Wyoming, both 37-35 and 26-21 respectively. USU also notched a 23-17 win at San Diego State and had a 38-35 loss at Wake Forest. Now, those three one-score wins this year are the most by USU team since 2011. Ironically, was uh, I believe US uh, Gary Anderson's second year with the Aggies uh, when the team was five and four in such games. Under, of course, as we mentioned, Gary Anderson. USU is overall 13 and 11 in one score games. They set two school records in 2019. Um, 
completing 315 passes to break the previous record of 303 set in 2018 and attempted 504 passes to break the previous record of 487 set in 2002. Now, furthermore, USUA had the second most passing yards at 3,628 and the third most made field goals at 21 in a single season in school history this season. Uh, they uh, were among the top 40 teams nationally in 14 categories. Keep up here. Including, uh, they were tied fourth in special teams touchdowns. Three kick, uh, excuse me, three, f- let me sure I read this right, with three. Two of them were kickoff returns, one punt return. Fifth in fumble, uh, fumbles recovered with 13. 15th in turnovers forced. Uh, they were 16th in three and outs forced. 26th in punt returns. 28th in tackles for a loss, 31st in passing offense, 33rd with two defensive touchdowns, 35th in fewest penalty yards per game, and 39th in completion percentage. Looking ahead to the 2020 season, the Aggies uh, will return 13 starters, uh, 8 on offense, 5 on defense, 41 letter winners, 21 on uh, offense, 18 on defense, 2 in special teams. From this year's squad, you'll see will lose 9 starters, Three on offense, six on defense, and 16 letter winners. Six on offense, eight on defense, two in special teams. And overall at Utah State, uh, the end of the 2019 season, of course, with a 7-6 and six record, as we already mentioned, third place in the Mountain Division. Uh, offensively, USU was led by, course, by junior quarterback Jordan Love, who has now entered in for the draft, who was 293 of 473 for a 61% completion percentage, 3,402 yards, uh, which uh, averages a 261 per game, 20 touchdowns, and 17 interceptions. Gerald Bright, the running back, led the team in rushing with 921 yards on 182 carries with 9 touchdowns. And senior graduate transfer C.O.C. Mariner had a team-best 63 catches for 987 and 10 touchdowns. Now defensively, Troy LaFez Jr. led the team with 104 tackles, which included two, uh, two sacks and six for a loss. While David Woodward had 90 tackles, which included two sacks, five for a loss. As a team, USU averaged 29 points, 431 yards on the offensive side, and allowed 30.5 points and 440.5 yards uh, on the defensive side. Uh, Utah State's streak of 2,000-yard rushing seasons came to an end this year. In fact, they rushed for 1,979 yards, so they were 21 yards short of that on 461 carries. It was breaking a streak of 10 straight seasons with at least 2,000 yards uh, of rushing in a season. The last time USU did not rush for 2,000 yards in a season was back in 08 when it gained 1,653 yards on the ground. Utah State played 13 games for the eighth time in school history, uh, ending with the uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. And they've played at least 13 uh, games eight times in the last nine seasons after not doing so for more than 12 games uh, in its uh, prior to its current run, the school record for games played in a season is 14 set in 2013 and 14. Utah State's milestones that equal success: uh, they won 34 of its last 40 games when it had a 100-yard rusher, including four and one uh, record this year. They had 38; they won 30 of its last 42 when rushing at least 40 times in a game, including five and one record this year and won 54 with last 59 when scoring at least 30 points. They had a 5-2 and two record when such this season. Whew! That's a lot of numbers. That was a lot of numbers. That was, uh, yeah, that was a ton of numbers to give out. That, that, that must have been exhausting. Uh, yeah, just reading it was exhausting, to be honest with you. 
uh, <laughs> uh, again, Utah State announces their new offensive coordinator at a Bodie Reader. Uh, he spent one year at North Texas, spent the previous years at Eastern Washington. Just prior to that, uh, Stacey Collins and Frank Molly will serve as co-defensive coordinators, while Justin Anna will coach the defensive linebackers. It's a big change from this year's team. I mean, even if they went, you know, seven and six, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I honestly thought Utah State would, uh, you know, I should probably say this before I start keep talking. I'm a BYU fan. So moving on, uh, I thought that Utah State would just destroy people this year. I really did. I thought they were going to build off last season's success. I thought when they brought Gary Anderson back, I thought that he would keep that winning tradition from that season before going. Um, but, you know, it kind of kind of fell off. The wheels kind of fell off at the end. I just thought that was super interesting to see. Yeah, it was it was it was weird. Um, I didn't. I honestly did not see them losing to Kent State. I thought they were going to blow out Kent State. To be honest with you. Yeah, same thing here. I thought the weather was fine, and I, you know, being at the stadium, you know, it had rained a little bit most throughout the the day, but it stopped raining, and so I thought, well, this is perfect for Jordan Love in this offense to go out and, and showcase the arm. But I mean, to give up. If you told me they were going to score forty one points, I told you they were going to win easily in a route. I didn't see him giving up 51. Yeah, that's to Kent State. We, we, I think we need to add that part a lot more. To Kent State. That's, that's, I, that'd be unacceptable to me. But what do I know? And I, well, and obviously it was unacceptable to Utah State. That's why they made the change. They demoted Justin Anna. I say demoted, and it sounds harsh, but really it almost is. He's going to be coaching the inside linebackers now giving, giving way for Frank Molle. Bobby, Frank Molle is an excellent, excellent, excellent football coach. I'm very happy for Frank. I really am. And for Stacy Collins and to see what they can do together um in uh, trying to make uh and trying to make this happen for the Utah State Aggies and get this uh this offense back on track. Or to me, this defense back on track. They lose a ton of talent. You lose Tipanalia, you lose David Woodward, um you lose just defensive backs left and right and you lose DJ Williams. Trilla Fez Jr. I think will be a good addition or at least a good keeper to have. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the defensive line, no TIPA, it's going to be interesting to see how they can handle this. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they rebuild. I don't want to say it's a rebuild year because, I mean, this is college, but it is going to be interesting. I mean, you have a lot of key players who are moving on to the NFL or graduating, and I think that's partly one of the reasons why they decided to make the coaching changes that they did is to help these kids who are moving on to become more, I guess, important roles to help them along and, um, I guess, give more coordinated effort towards that goal. What was your most, I mean, what was the biggest shocker out of the college football season for you? That LSU was going to be as good as it was? Yeah. That's absolutely stunning. And I think it's crazy that you guys got a play of this year. I mean, you got blown out, but it was it's kind of fun to see Utah State play an LSU team that went undefeated and destroyed Clemson. I think for a lot of people say, yeah, it's fun. We got to play LSU, but it did so much damage to them. Yeah. In the aftermath, it, it did a ton of damage more than people noticed. It really did. I mean, if you look at the schedule and then the win losses, you can definitely tell that's when they kind of, I don't know, they got shook up a little bit right there. And they just were never really able to make a consistent comeback to it. Yeah, it just, I mean, I think if I look at it and I say, man, if things would have gone differently, right? If they would have been able to... Uh, beat Wake Forest. They lost that game by three. If yeah. they beat Wake Forest, how does it change their season? Yep. If they don't play LSU and they play 
a team out of the Pac-12 or a team within their division or even, or even play SCS Utah. Team. Even yeah. play Utah. And that's a big problem, too. And that's not on Utah State. That's on Utah. Yep. If they get to play Utah instead, why not allow them? I mean, does that change their whole entire season? Yeah. Instead of going across the country, getting whipped by LSU, and it's not to their fault. LSU was just that dang good of a football team. Yep. Uh, does it change anything in any way for them? And that's, I don't know. Would always matter to me. Yeah, I agree. Like I think if they beat Wake Forest and then they go on to win the next three games that they had scheduled, which they did, you go into LSU four and zero, and I think that totally means everything. But then you lose to Wake Forest, and then you're also like, well, they're a Power Five team. LSU is a Power Five team. Well, I guess we can't beat a Power Five team. But if you go into LSU with four and zero, I'm not saying maybe you beat LSU, but you make it more of a game instead of forty two to six. And at that point, then, if you even keep it close with LSU, I think at that point, you you know you can beat anybody, especially Air Force, especially BYU, especially Boise, and especially Kent State. Yeah, especially Kent State. Again, that's a game I just didn't see them losing to. Blows my mind. Yeah. I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, blows my mind. Uh, so, again, they make some changes. Bodie Reader is a new offensive coordinator at Utah State. Frank Miley and Stacey Collins have been called as co-defensive coordinators. Justin Enna will be now coaching the defensive linebackers. Uh, and everyone else kind of re- uh, remains and resumes position as to where they were at. Uh, Utah State again finished 7-6 on the season. They open up the season in Pullman, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. They're at Washington State. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Actually, no, it says it's at... I'm looking on oh, FB it's schedules. Home. It's at home. That's no, it's in the home. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's at home. And then they, I believe they play Washington, though, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they play and Southern Utah and then Washington. Yeah, so they're home against Washington State, home against Southern Utah, at Washington and Husky Stadium, uh, and then at BYU right after that. In fact, they've got, they've got a bye before they play BYU. And then they get Boise State. They had right into conference play. Boise State on the road. Colorado State on the road. Nevada on the road. Before they get four straight. Actually, that's not right. No. Dates have not been announced yet. Sorry. They'll have. But on the road, they'll be at Boise State, Colorado State, and Nevada. Home conference game will include Air Force, Fresno, New Mexico, San Diego. And the they'll be at Wyoming, by the way. And I think the at Wyoming game will be the last game to finish off the season. Yep, that's what I got too. So, uh, but I mean, again, you get Air Force at home, which helps. Fresno at home, which helps. Uh, San Diego State will be interesting as well. Uh, Hawaii is going to be an interesting team, but they don't even play Hawaii this year. Uh, minus Nick Rolovich, who has actually left to go coach Washington State. Yeah, that's great. So they get Nick Rolovich in game one of the year. Yeah. And so, by the way, it's been a coaching carousel in the Mountain West Conference. You got teams, you got coaches either retiring, uh, mutually parting ways, or leaving to another school. Um, the coaches who have stayed Maine will be Utah State, Boise State, Wyoming, and that is that it. I think that's I it. I think that's it. I think everybody else has a coaching change. UNLV, Fresno State. San Diego State, New Mexico, and Hawaii. <laughs> Talk about big changes in the Mountain West Conference. <laughs> so a coaching carousel it is. You put the quarter of America around and round and round it goes. Uh, but uh, again, it's just, it's been crazy. You know, and someone was telling me, I think I talked about this a couple days ago. Uh, they tweeted out that, and I don't know if this is the same for you as it is for me. So, I mean, since I... 
do help out with, you know, Aggie football stuff, people are like, man, the season flew by. I can't believe we're already in the last game of the year. For me, it, I mean, there's games where I'm like, dude, yeah, it feels like yesterday. Like, San Diego State feels like yesterday when I went there. But Stony Brook, Colorado State, even Fresno State feels like forever ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's the same thing for me. Because I, I, you're a BYU guy, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And so I remember, I remember when we beat the when we beat USC, the Trojans. I remember like See, that, that feels was like yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I remember that like crazy. But then I remember the Utah loss, and I thought, oh, that was like a year ago. We were better than that. We can handle that. That's what's amazing. It's just, I mean, how <laughs> how how you yeah, just remember if it games goes by fast, or if it actually picks up steam. Yep. And for me, it's 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 always. And I think it's just because it was such a long... It always feels like a long season, and it's really not. It's only 12, 13 games. You hope it's 13. But it just, you know, it just always feels like at the end, like, oh, it's like a marathon. Yeah. And sometimes you don't have the energy to get through. And, uh, yeah, once again, 2019 football season has come to a conclusion in its entirety. Clemson follows short to LSU, 42-25. Man, LSU. Hey, okay, look, let me ask you this. I mean, I don't know how big you are in college football, but I still think LSU is one of the greatest teams to ever play in college football history. I didn't believe that until they played Clemson, and I saw what they did to Clemson. Well, Changes LSU. your mind pretty quickly, Oh, my goodness, it? yeah. Because I honestly thought that Clemson, you know, like they had the number one defense. I thought Clemson is rolling into the playoffs like they've been there before. There's, this is no big deal. LSU, I thought LSU would crumble under the pressure, but they didn't. They excelled under it, and that just really surprised me. So, obviously, I think you have to put LSU into that one of the greats all-time uh, college teams. Hey, so I wanted to ask you, because you know, last year the big conversation was for BYU is that how hard their schedule was. Uh, they did they did play USC at home. They got Tennessee at was that at home? No, it was at Tennessee. It was at it? Tennessee, yes. Uh they got the four I mean they got the Utes in the season opener. So let's go through the schedule this year and tell me about it. So they're at Utah to start off the year again. Uh they get they get Michigan State. They get Michigan State. Yep. At home. They're at Arizona State, at Minnesota, Utah State at home, Missouri, Houston, NIU on the road, and then at Boise State, San Diego State at home, North Alabama, and then at Stanford to complete the season. Man, that's a killer. That's a killer season. So, as a pre prediction, because I don't know if you'll you'll be with us in the fall or not, I want to go win loss mode. Early, early, early for BYU. At Utah, win or loss? Win. I think I think Utah loses too many good seniors this year on their defense, and I think BYU figures I think BYU figures them out. Okay, so you're an optimist. They're one and zero to start yeah. the season. Michigan at home. Uh win. Two and oh at Arizona State. Win. Three and oh at Minnesota. Loss. Three and one. Utah State at home. Win. Four and one. Missouri home. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna have to go loss. Five and two, Houston, a home. The last time BYU played Houston, it was a grind of a match. That's when Taysom Hill kind of lit up. So I want to say win, but I'm gonna have to go loss. So five and three, uh, at Northern Illinois, win. It's always a tricky game. So six and three at Boise State. Oh, I didn't think they'd be Boise State this year. They surprised me, so I'm going to have to go win. Holy crap. 
crap. Seven and three. San Diego State at home? Win. I think I think the loss that they had this year to San Diego sticks with them, and I think they pushed through and beat them this year. Eight and three. Northern Alabama. Win. And then at Stanford. Loss. So we're looking at, what, nine and four? Nine and four, yep. Wow, you're an optimistic young man. You know, honestly, I just believe that BYU, I think BYU had a good starting point this year. I, I was surprised with the teams they beat. Granted, a lot of the teams they beat were not that good. Tennessee and USC, they kind of fell off at the end. But I mean, I still think that I think Coach Satake, Kalani Satake figures it out. And I think um, that they put together a decent season. Huh. All right. But well, we'll see. That's just, that's just Adam the intern speaking here. That's Adam. Well, that's a BYU enthusiast. Well, yeah, you know. Let's be honest with each other. Yeah, these picks are for entertainment purposes only. (laughs) (laughs) Just just had to get that out there. (laughs) That's good. Uh, Were you surprised that BYU beat Utah State as bad as they did? Yes. Me too. I was stunned. I was stunned. I I thought that Jordan Love would just dominate the Cougars, and it just did not happen. 6843 wants to tell you that uh, those are rose-colored glasses that you're looking through. Rose-colored. And I could not agree more, actually, with all due respect. Rose-colored. No, they're blue-colored. I've been drinking the Kool-Aid. I've got the glasses on. Here we go. You just calm down. What are you talking about? I'm excited. Jeez, calm down. Uh, (laughs) All right. And, I, you know, by the way, going back to that BYU game against Utah State, I was stunned. At home, I thought Utah State would gather themselves, reset, you know, after a tough game against Air Force, be ready to go to play BYU, and they just get smacked around. Yeah, that it was, was stunning to me. That was my reasoning as well. I really thought that since USU was coming off a loss at um, Air Force and coming into BYU, an in-state rival, I mean, one of the few in-state rivals who actually play each other, screw you, Utah. Anyways. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Utah. Well, that's that's obvious. Anyways, and I thought that I thought Utah State would roll into the game ready to go, but it just did not happen. All right, well, speaking of Mount West Conference action, tonight's basketball action, Utah State Aggies are on a bye, so here's how the schedule looks. Uh, Boise State is at Air Force tonight in Clune Arena. Uh, New Mexico is at Colorado State at Moby Arena in Fort Collins, Colorado. And San Jose State is at UNLV at 9 p.m. The other two games are at 7 o'clock. New Mexico at Colorado State. It's on ESPN3. Coming back. Sorry, I got hiccups, dude. I freaking drink all this soda that I shouldn't have drank. Yeah, that was a bad choice. Now I'm regretting it. You know, it happens. Oh, uh, what are you going to do? But uh, coming back, we're going to get into some NFL Football Hall of Fame. Uh, two coaches were inducted in a really cool way. The rest of the uh, inductees were... The rest of the inductees... Get in here, John Russell. Get in here. Yes, you can. Uh, the rest of the inductees were uh, will be announced, uh, or actually have been announced, and uh, a couple of guys left off that I'm not happy with, and we just had a surprise visitor, and he doesn't want to be on the air because he likes to stay like he's like, oh, um, I'm, I'm low-key. That's baloney. That's absolute baloney. He knows it, too. <laughs> I don't even have a headset here. Hey, you do it's right there. Yeah, this is how you work, Aji. It's not plugged in. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't do headsets, man. If I don't have to, I don't want to. Hey, listen in uh, big news out of campus with all the changes. Well, with the changes. Absolutely. To the coaching staff. I, I, I want, want to get your thoughts on this. Well, I, I do got to run. Uh, happy birthday to my son, 18 today. Oh, for Jackson. dude, big deal. I'm now old, officially. So all of them. <laughs> you know, the, the one thing that, in my opinion, doesn't get – enough recognition 
Yost leaving as the offensive coordinator. I realize the defense was a big issue. There are a lot of concerns as far as what happened to the defense on the football side. But the offense just didn't click like it had in the past. And uh, I and I think that had an, you know, an ongoing effect with the defense. When your defense is on the field as much as it is, I think that it, it just wore down. So really quickly, John Russell joining us here. He does the uh, Aggie post game for basketball. Does a great, great, great job. Uh, two quick questions. One, are you surprised that Justin Enna was demoted to be an inside linebackers coach? I think what you saw is there were there were probably just some feelings within within the circles that there needed to be a change. The defense struggled, and you know I heard you guys talking about Kent State. Yeah, that was a disappointing loss. But when you look at the fact, here's a team that had finished the season as strong as they did. Keep in mind they won a lot of games to get where they needed to be. Uh, they were excited to be there. Uh, it was a bowl game they really wanted to go to. You know, we've seen this in the past with the Aggies losing to New Mexico State. Really lose to New Mexico State. First bowl they had been to in years. I mean, that that doesn't play well. But Kent State was playing well, but the defense struggled. And, and you know, sometimes you got to make changes just to shake things up, and I think that's what you saw. USU basketball has to buy tonight. They get ready for Boise State in Boise State, where Boise's eight and one at home. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen so far? Can you just give us a quick run in your thoughts of what you've seen out of USU basketball thus far? Well, you know, you hate to say this because it sounds like a lot of uh, you know of media talk, but Utah State went into this season with a huge bullseye on their back. They, you know, it's a lot easier to be coming into the season picked to finish ninth in conference and and to have a lot of things click, which they did this year or last year. This year, you know they came in with a lot of people looking at, when they looked at the schedule, their teams that they look at, we want to beat San Diego State. Um, you know, we want to beat New Mexico in the pit or, or the pies, bowl, whatever it is now, the, the custard pie cream <laughs> filled jelly dome, whatever it is now. <laughs> anyway, but but the reality is now Utah State's the team that's being being circled and there was a lot of a lot of talk with with Nimi being out at the beginning of the year and what that meant. Well, they went into it knowing he wasn't going to be there. So they were able to plan where they were at and what they needed to do. Uh, and, and I think there was a little bit lower expectation with with Nimi not being there. Keep in mind with Nimi coming back, you've got to redo the entire system. You've got to redo the even though Do you really were, though? I think so because defensively your schemes change offensively now you've got this added presence and guys that were used to getting looks aren't necessarily getting those looks and in a way they've had to learn how to play together and they had to play together against three tough teams san diego state one of two unbeaten teams left in college basketball i don't think auburn's lost yet that's Uh, correct i think they play tonight um you've got air force who's always so tough to play just because of the way that they play it's it's the nature of what they do they're not going to be the biggest team. They're not going to be the most athletically gifted, but they're about the smartest ones out there, and they run a system that works for them. I think what you saw is just the Aggies kind of ran into a tough spot at a tough time, and I think you're going to see them coming together. There's still some people need to step up. I mean, Nimi and Sam can't carry this team. You're going to need you know, somebody to come up and do some more things. Diogo's got to get out of his slump. Brock Miller has got to start hitting the threes. Uh, I liked for the first time all year he was a little more aggressive offensively and actually took some two-point shots. I think he even got to the line. Uh, Brock, I don't care if you score 20 points against St. Catharines or Eastern Oregon. You need to step it up. Um, you just need guys, you know, Abel Porter, maybe a little more offensively minded. And keep in mind, we found out Justin Bean has been playing hurt. 
Uh, this week will be good for him to get a little healthy. I, I think there's some good things in there, but but please, Aggie fans, don't expect these 25 blowout point blowouts like we've seen. We, we've got a target on our back. Who's the newcomer that surprised you the most so far in a good way? Well, you know, Fawn started off really well, but I think, you know, the reality of big-time ball kind of kind of caught on him. I love the game that Bar- Bearstow played last. Absolutely. Uh, but that's one game. Can he, can he continue to do it? Uh, and, I, you know, I've been a proponent of giving him more time. He's not going to get 25 minutes a game, but, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes a game, if they're productive like he was against Nevada, man, I, I'd love to see that. That's John Russell. The uh, he does Aggie post game for basketball on six ten AM KVNU. You can find him post game. Does great, great work, and uh, always good to have him here on the show. All right, coming back, we'll talk Pro Football Hall of Fame. One hundred six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM. The fan interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The full court press on Sports Talk Radio one hundred six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM. The fan. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo. And so much space. Ajay Sal, senior on the Full Court Press, 5.33 your time here in the second hour on a Wednesday, January 15th. Halfway through the week, halfway through the month already as we get you ready for February. All-Star Game will be coming up in February. Will Rudy, Roddy, will Rudy and Donovan Mitchell be a part of it? That's the question everybody's kind of laying on to right now in the state of Utah. Has Rudy done enough? It, the answer to all Utah people is yes. Has Donovan done enough? It, the answer would be yes. Minus Steph Curry, minus Clay Thompson, I would say Donovan's in. Rudy, still a question mark, really, to be honest with you. We're not exactly sure where that's going to land or stay. Uh, the NFL Football Hall of Fame came out with their uh, inductees. And uh, there was actually a couple of uh, cool ways. So usually, I mean, they have them like sit in this hotel and they wait it out. You know, to find out if they're going to be announced or not. Well, they decided to do it a little bit differently. Uh, and uh, for at least two people in particular. Uh, I'm going to make sure I have the right link here. Uh, Adam, the intern, joins me. Are you a big, uh, you're an NFL guy, no? Yeah, I'm okay. No, I, you're it's, not. it's not my forte. NBA basketball is my forte. But I'll pay attention to the NFL. Only at, like during the Super Bowl, and you only do it for commercials, huh? What are you talking about? I pay attention. So two coaches were announced in surprising fashion. The first went on Saturday afternoon, and this uh, this coach gave uh, gave the AFC some troubles during the mid nineties. Jackson. Yeah, he is special, and you know, Bill, there's something else special here. Hey, who's this big fella? Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt hey, here. Good to see you, Phil. Good to see you, man. You betcha. Sorry, man. I was trying to knock on a door back there, but you don't have a door. <laughs> knock it down. Knock it down. Hey, uh, Coach, yes. for your viewers out there who don't know, uh, I'm David Baker, president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And on behalf of all of those of us who love this game and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it is my great This privilege. isn't right that this is happening right now, but... <laughs> Okay, David. never mind. No, no please come back. Come, <laughs> back. come back here, David. Coach, oh. I want to thank you for all you've done for the game, for all you're going to do for the game. And I want to welcome you to Canton, Ohio, wow. where your bronze hey! and your yeah! legacy is going to How about that, Bill? Congratulations, Oh, gosh. Folks, did you see him hugging his wife, V, his daughter, Megan? 
as tearful as Bill oh, is. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Hey, check, Mr. Baker, good Best to see you again. That's really good. Hey, folks, keep this in mind. Out of 29,000 people who played the game, coached the game, or contributed to the game, Bill Cowher is down to 327th one in the Hall of Fame, 182nd living one. Coach, speech. Um, <laughs> you know, I just tell him, V, I says, I've come to grips. I'm okay. Um, if it doesn't happen, um, I've been so blessed. And I would just say this, for those eight candidates, every one of you deserve to be there. Um, football is a total team sport. Um, I had some great players, some great coaches, the best organization in football. Um, I've lived a blessed life. I've come to the best network on TV. It's a family here like it was a family that we had there. And to have to give back to something, to the game of football, it's been a part of my life. The virtues that it teaches you, the morals that you have the obligation to move on, the platforms that we have. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a blessed man, and mm. I've been very blessed to be surrounded by some very special. That's right. Bill Cowler, former uh, coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the greatest coaches, too, in the AFC. He, he only won... One Super Bowl. One Super Bowl. But it was his effect on the AFC, his effect on, I mean, they, they announced, they talked about his effect on players. Uh, that, you know, it. you look at the Steelers' legacy, right? Um, Chuck Knoll. Um, and then, of course, you get Bill Cowher who comes in. And it for him to take the Pittsburgh Steelers, or at least bring them back into Revel, rev- Revolency, uh, and the way he did it, and I mean, look, he's he's on the he's on the doorstep for maybe a Super Bowl or more. Really, he lost to the Cowboys. So their, their defense came up with a big turnover in '95. Um, probably should have won it in 2001 when the Patriots went to their house and Tom Brady gets injured and Drew Bledsoe comes in. And they still can't finish the job uh, because of Cordell Stewart was like overthrowing his receivers by 40 yards. Uh, it's 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 incredible. Um, that he only won one Super Bowl out of it. And people are complaining, like, how does he get in? Why did he get in? And I think it's more his impact on the players. Speaking of the impact on the players, this guy also had one as well. Uh, and this one had a quite the success uh, with the, uh, excuse me, with, of course, America's team. Thank you, Coach, for all you've done for the game. Thank you for all you're going to do for the game. Thank you for the history that you've made and the lives that you've impacted. Thank you. It's my great honor to tell you that you're going to be the 328th Hall of Famer into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And your legacy is going to be in Canton, Ohio forever. Congratulations, Coach. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh my God! Awesome! Congratulations, Jimmy! Over to the most right now. Tell us what you're doing. Oh! Yeah! Man! The only thing I can think of is all the assistant coaches that have worked for me, all the great players that have played for me. They're the reason I'm here, and they're the reason I, I can't talk. All right. No, no. Where's your, I mean, where's your bottle? I mean, I mean, 
this is so special to me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when you put in the work that we put in, it's nice to know people appreciate it. Absolutely. We love you, JJ. Love you, man. Love, 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 love you. Congratulations. Jimmy Johnson, the latest yeah. member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Of course, yesterday, Bill Cowher was announced as the newest member as well. Congratulations to him. The full class will be announced on NFL Network on Wednesday on Good Morning Football. How about that? Coach Jimmy Johnson, coach of the America team, where after his first season with the Cowboys, he went 1-15. and So how does he respond? Back-to-back Super Bowls, both over the Buffalo Bills. He was uh, really in a disgraceful manner by Jerry Jones, was dismissed, went back and coached the Dolphins, and then led the Dolphins to three straight playoff appearances uh, with Dan Marino underneath this uh, underneath center. Uh, a couple things I want to get to. First of all, the rest of the class has been announced as he uh, as uh, I think it was Jim Brown, wasn't it? Uh, not Jim Brown, Jay Brown, whoever the host was of that show. I can't remember who it is. Uh, talked about um, that on Wednesday morning on the uh, NFL football that they would announce the other uh, the other inductees, and they have been announced, including contributors. Paul Tagliabue, who is a commissioner from 89 to 2006 in the National Football League. George Young, who is a contributor, uh, contributor, excuse me, general manager, 68 to 74 with the Baltimore Colts, 75 to 78 with the Dolphins, and 79 to 97 with the Giants. Uh, talk about winning and winning consistently. That would do it for you. And then, of course, one of the greatest ever in the NFL community, and that's Steve Sable, uh, who is the administrator and president from 1964 to 2012 with NFL Films. That could not go any... That award cannot be, be given to any more of a better man who created such an industry. When I was a kid, my mom and dad would buy me these little highlight videotapes of the Super Bowls, and I'd watch them until they ruined the VCR. I, I would watch them at nonstop. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. Uh, Steve Sable, who was, the, who was the leader over that, uh, was able to get uh, to, uh, to be led into the uh, NFL Football Hall of Fame. Uh so a couple of other things along with that is the other finalist, which include I have the list here. Forgive me, I'm just trying to search for all these papers I haven't given. Well, just while Audrey's looking for his papers, I mean, just the way that the two coaches were announced—that's the way that's you the induct cult. somebody into. You don't the make him sit in a hotel for hours and be like, "Well, we don't know if you're going to get it. We'll find out." Yeah, right. Exactly. You get that raw emotion because that is a once in a lifetime thing to be told you're going to the Hall of Fame. Once in a lifetime. It, and to it, see that just raw emotion is amazing. Did you love the reaction by the two coaches that were totally different? Bill Cowher's like, this isn't right. Yeah. And Jimmy Johnson's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make it. Right. Now, what's really interesting about that, speaking of which, Jimmy Johnson, which uh, joined the Dan Patrick Show, you can hear that show on this very station, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single morning, Monday through Friday. This was Jimmy Johnson talking to Dan Patrick about that announcement. Jimmy, good morning. Congratulations. I got a feeling Terry Bradshaw is not good at keeping secrets. Uh, did you get any idea that this was going to happen live on TV? Dan, uh, no, it was a shock to all of us uh, because, you know, Terry, none of the guys knew. Our producer knew. He told me later on, but he didn't let any of us know. And, you know, I, I thought that there was a, a chance that I was going to get in, but I didn't anticipate this happening during halftime. I was, <laughs> my mind was racing. I was all ready to do halftime and talk about the coverage that uh, Seattle had against Green Bay and stuff. And all of a sudden, Dave Baker w- walks out, and 
I was in shock, you know, and and I think all of our other guys were too, and you know they were as excited as I was. You know, it, it was really a great moment. And Troy Aikman was in the broadcast booth and uh, over overwhelmed by. I think he cried as much as you did. <laughs> well, you, you know, I, I was put into the College Football Hall of Fame about you know, seven or eight years ago, and and uh, you know that was obviously special because I coached in college for a long time. Uh, but but this this was really something because people don't realize, you know, the Cowboys. Tom Landry's one of the greatest coaches that's it's ever been, but they had three losing seasons in a row, and they were three and thirteen when we went to the Cowboys. I mean, it, it, really, the the cupboard was bare, <laughs> and and to take that team from one and fifteen to four straight losing seasons and to win back to back Super Bowls was quite an accomplishment, you know, and, and I'm not saying for me, I'm talking about my assistant coaches, you know, the, the North Turners, the Dave Wanstead, the Tony Wise, you know, you know, really, you know, the, the guys that, that helped me. And then, and then all the great players that we ended up having, you know, with the Cowboys, it was, it was a quite an accomplishment and it was nice to be recognized for that. When you first started out with the Cowboys and you went through those lean years, did you ever think that you were in jeopardy of being fired? I, oh, no. I mean, I, first of all, I had a 10-year contract. <laughs> but, but, you know, you know I, I guess we were so naive. Um, you know, we went 3-1 and one in preseason. <laughs> we didn't realize how bad we were. Uh, but, of course, we were trying to win every game at preseason. I, you know, I was a college coach. I didn't know. Uh, I thought you were supposed to win these <laughs> preseason games. And uh, and it, we had had so much success. You know, we, we, we only lost like, uh, you know, two regular season games in four years coming from you know, University of Miami. So we were so naive, we were thinking we were just going to walk into the NFL and just start beating everybody. Well, it doesn't work that way, especially when you don't have a lot of talent on your team. And, um, and so, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, we were very confident that we were going to win. Uh, I actually told the guys during that one in fifteen year, I took you know my my inner circle crew, you know, you know Wanstead and you know Butch Davis and Campo and you know Norv and all of them. I said, listen, guys, I said, you know, I told you we're going to win a national championship. You know, when we were together at Oklahoma State and we won that national championship at Miami, I said, hang with me. We're going to win us a Super Bowl eventually. And uh, it eventually happened. For more. Da- Don't forget, Dan Patrick joins us uh, on the f- on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the fans, 7 AM to 10 AM, uh, Monday through Friday. You know what the coolest thing about that was? What, Ajay? Is that Terry Bradshaw. I wish everybody had a friend like Terry Bradshaw. People are like, well, geez, Terry, calm down. No, you calm down. I would love to have a friend who was that excited about something. Yeah. I mean, the way he responded, I think, is what made it so cool. Yeah, it was a real human emotion. It just wasn't a bunch of guys talking around a table just like, oh, that was cool. Like, you actually got to see how exciting this is because it is an exciting thing. Yeah. No, it is. And, uh, again, Jimmy Johnson, who uh, finished his career 80-64, and 64, this is what impressed me the most. In Dallas, he went 7-1 and one in the postseason. 7-1. and one. His lone loss was to the San Francisco 49ers in 1994. That game held at Candlestick Park. It's he absolutely beat, stunning. He owned the 49ers, though. He owned them. He beat them back-to-back NFC Championship years, lost to them in 94, went back in 95, beat the Packers in the NFC Championship, 
won another Super Bowl. The guy was incredible. Like, how Jerry Jones like, did him the way he did just disgust me. Absolutely yep. gross me out. Even if Barry Switzer, uh, you know, they, you know, Barry Switzer got him from Oklahoma and he was a yes ma'am kind of guy. It just annoys me. I think I think Jerry, Jimmy Johnson got did wrong by the by Dallas, but I'm so and I think this is a really good punch to the Wachobies of Jerry Jones. Yep. Because this tells you what the NFL thought about Jimmy Johnson. Yep. I totally as agree. much as Jerry Jones is pissed about, I could care less. By the way, I was I was looking at this and I like, see the big man come into the video to announce who you know who's going into the Hall of Fame. You see him knock on the hotel uh-huh. door. I was doing some research because I want to know who the heck is this guy. And I had he, no idea who he was. And he's like, my name's David Baker. I'm the president of the Hall of Fame. I'm like, okay, well, David Baker, let's find out about who you really are, shall we? So I did some research. David Baker is stands at 6'9 and is 400 pounds. Let's, let's imagine that frame. Like, you see his monstrous hands shake like Jimmy Johnson. He thought he was going to kill him. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's He's a monster. Uh, he was the commissioner of the Arena Football League for a few years uh, and then left. So he was an owner for a yeah, he was an owner of a football team, left him after one season to go be a commissioner. Uh, he was this this will catch you off guard actually. This will surprise you. Uh, he where is it? He was uh, he committed fraud for like $48,000 in some kind of a process that he was a part of. Right, so right. committed fraud, uh-huh. uh huh, and got in trouble for that. Of course, and this is before he became a commissioner and then the owner of the league, and then later on became uh, the the president of the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. So now he gets to go and knock on everybody's doors and announce, "Hey, you are announced to the Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations! You made it. <laughs> See, you can get yourself from all the way down and uh, get yourself all the way up. Oh, here it is. So he was." Let's see. He played professional basketball in Switzerland, convicted of forgery for trying to finance an unsuccessful con- uh, congressional campaign with a $48,000 check he wrote to himself, became commissioner of the Arena Football League right before it went bankrupt. Uh, and like I said, now he gets to go around and just hang out in a really nice suit and yeah. go uh, tell people they, uh, they've been selected for the Hall of Fame. And he, and he seems like the nicest guy in the world. Oh, yeah. When he came on to give Bill his, I guess, announce that Bill had made it, I mean, he seemed like the kind of guy I would want to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, right? Uh, speaking of which, other can or other inductees into the Hall of Fame are as follows. Uh, player-wise, it's Harold Carmichael, Jim Covert, uh, Bobby Dillon, Cliff Harris by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, in fact, he, was, he didn't get it in 04 and has now waited this long to get in. Drew Pearson is still waiting to get in, and uh, in fact, there's a video of Drew Pearson waiting, and he, when he didn't get announced, he was extremely frustrated. Tackle Winston Heal, the New York Jets, uh, made it. Defensive tackle Alex Karras of Detroit Lions. Donnie Shell, Duke Slater, uh, Max Speedy uh, were, the, were the players that made it, and of course, Bill Cower, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Steve Sable, Paul Tagalou. And uh, George Young are the others that have been announced. So that is your NFL 2000 football or 2009-20 class of the uh, Football Hall of Fame. A lot of guys they left out that are just, it, it's crazy. I don't know how I've not made it. Drew Pearson really is one of those guys that I feel really bad for. All right, coming back, we'll wrap up the show. We'll get ready for Thursday's show. It's all here on the Full Court Press. I'm Audrey Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. 
It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Final final 60 seconds of the show, AJ Salveson, Adam, the intern, joins me here on the Full Court Press. 106 on FM, 13.9 AM, the fan. Boy, what a full show that was. Don't forget, tomorrow, Con Smith at 5 o'clock. The great legendary assistant to Bobby Knight at Indiana University. And then, of course, for Team USA, fishing stories galore. You'll get them all tomorrow. That's an interview I'm telling you right now. Please do not miss that interview. It's going to be a dandy with Con Smith. We're grateful for him taking a few minutes of his time to join us. Utah Jazz basketball gets ready to play New Orleans Pelicans. We'll preview that game. We'll also get you ready for uh, well, actually, we'll have the USU uh, press conference for football as they get uh, they announce their new offensive coordinator, Bodie Reeder, and the new defensive staff of uh, Stacey Collins and Frank Male joining together as co-defensive coordinators. For Tyler Baldwin, for Adam the Intern, I'm Audrey Salison. Thank you so much for joining us on the Full Court Press. We'll talk to you on a Thursday evening. Every year, 